just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, brothers and sisters, everybody around the world. Welcome to talkradio.nyc and welcome to the Rob and Callie show. My name's Rob Callie, and you're not going to believe this, but I am sitting here with the one and only Callie Alpert. What's did, did you say my name is Rob Callie? Oh, did I? Oh, my God. I was, you just memed us or there you go. us or whatever the You know, you it's nowadays. all the memes going around today. So, actually, my name is Rob K. But, uh, That's a new anyway, one. Well, That's really, that was very cute that you did that. Well, Good evening, my thanks. dear. Thanks. Good evening. How are you doing, Kelly I'm Alpert? doing great. I just feel like every time we, right before we start the show, it just gets more fun and more fun, and we're just sillier and happier every time, and we have our little family in here growing. Yeah. We have Joy, our new right-hand lady intern, helping us. That's right. We have our special top secret guest until we announce who he is. We have Sam on the boards as our fearless leader. And yeah, it's fun. It's awesome. It's so funny because I get nervous like the day of the show. And I've been thinking about what Bono said recently. I heard that Bono was talking about that still after like 40 years of performing the day of a show, he still gets really nervous and he has to talk the little man down from his shoulder. So I was like, oh, well, if Bono can get nervous, I can get nervous. You oh, know, that's pretty cute. But it's yeah, but it's funny because I get nervous and then like I start getting really excited a couple hours beforehand. And then by the time we get into the studio and we put the headphones on, we're in front of the mic. I'm like, oh, we're back in the spiritual playground, you know, so yeah. it's just it's so much fun. Yeah. If you want to call in tonight and join the conversation, we welcome everybody you want for the next hour. And the number that's is right, it's our second hour show. That's right. Oh, yeah. no, I'm sorry. It's our third, third. hour there show, we go. Yeah. our second with a guest. That's right. So the number to call in is 877-480-4120. So tonight we're going to talk about a topic that actually was precipitated by our guest. Mm-hmm. I was talking to him and he said that he belongs to the church of I don't know. And we kind of fell in love with that. I thought it was, it was pretty cool. It's like a really good way of saying it. And so it got us thinking about the fact that we do this show and we talk about spirituality a lot. You know, we talk about different conceptions of a power greater than ourselves, a higher power, the universe. But we've never had an episode I know, about it's so that. Weird. Yeah. Actually, when you said it, because sometimes I feel, you know, we, we, we worry we don't want to recycle topics. We still want to be fresh. Yeah. And I was so happy that you reminded us that we'd never talked about it, but amazed. Yeah. Because it pervades everything that we do and who, you know, every topic that we broach on the show is what our divine purposes or what our I should say our belief system right yeah we're gonna yeah so it's like you know on our priority (laughs) list we thought we'd leave God last (laughs) so we've done 50 episodes we're like oh yeah God let's talk about God (laughs) do you believe in God (laughs) so uh yeah tonight we're going to talk about different conceptions of some higher power you call it the universe you call it God you call it love whatever it is if you want to call in and join the conversation we welcome you and um as far as me You know, I always grew up kind of a a naturally spiritual little kid. And I've talked about that story when I was in Puerto Rico as a kid and we're walking through the rainforest and I must have been eight at the time. And we're walking through this rainforest and out of nowhere, I'm walking with my brother and my parents and I go, hello, God. (laughs) And then I went, hello, Robbie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, where did that come from? You know, and I think I naturally just like the idea of God or I like the idea of some power other than me, whether it's in the universe or whatever. <laughs> and I just naturally took the idea of prayer and just things like that. I just was very attracted to that from a young age. And then I kind of forgot about whatever was running the universe for a while and, you know, was young and dumb and partying and doing different things. And eventually I got different things. Yeah. We'll just call it different things (laughs) and, uh, being pretty lost. And then eventually, um, I got back in touch with, you know, my conception of God or my conception of the universe and started to, to build a relationship with that power greater than myself. And, and to me, it's like an energy. There's an energy in the studio tonight that we're all connected to. And, you know, we may not be able to call it anything or yeah. know what it is. It's a feeling almost. And it's a warmth and a love. And especially in the studio, when we do the show and we start laughing to where I even forget my name, you know that we're having a pretty good time. And there's something bigger than us going on here. We're like Brangelina now. 
Except we're not married or dating. I don't think it's that far. We're rich. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not yet. But but yeah, I found that it's something that's important in my life and I love talking about it. And I love talking to other people about their ideas or their conception of, you know, the spirit of the universe, whatever it may be. How about you? Uh, Well, thanks for asking. How about you, Callie Albert? Um, Well, you in the front. Um, So I, you know, I think about when I was a kid... When I always had, similarly to you, shocking, I know, um, I always had some concept of something bigger than me sort of running the joint. And I think when I was, at least the first memory I have of this was always, I'm even doing it now, looking up and imagining that there was some godlike figure up there, almost with a monkey grinder, sort of running the show, running the circus, making things happen. And knowing intuitively on some level that there was a connection, but not having any words for it, just a kind of, and I wasn't really taught that um, in any way. And I didn't really understand it. I do remember being curious and having way more questions than I did answers. And then as I started to get older, I recognized, again, it was um, it was pretty intuitive. I don't even know where it really came from. Um, but I recognized the power of sort of silence and being alone and black space, just kind of going into your mind to get, you know, hear your own voice and finding the answers that way. But again, I didn't have the words for it. And it really wasn't until I was in my mid-20s. Um, a boyfriend I had would, you know, he carried, he was a law student at New York University and I was living there in the um, law dorms with him. And he had um, actually lost a brother um, early on to the whole AIDS epi- epidemic. And so that um, informed him trying to find his own healing process. And he turned me on to a lot of that. So he would carry crystals in his pocket. I'd never seen anybody do that before. And um, we'd go to different seminars and angel workshops and things like that. And I got much more interested and a little bit more educated, I guess. And I distinctly remember, I was thinking about this today, I remember being at an angel workshop that I, by this time, had in turn brought other friends to he wasn't even there for this and you know I was really you know because when you're first trying to find your um you know, just your understanding of things you feel so hungry and curious and almost attached to it in a way that you later learn might not have been necessary or helpful but anyway and so I was really wanting to understand this whole process and what they were teaching and angels and rainbows and prisms and all kinds of things that were happening this day and I remember someone saying to me you know if you look outside the window we were in some New York City apartment if you look outside the window and you look at people on the street they're having the exact same experience that we are in here there's no separation and I had no idea what they meant and I was really frustrated Mm -hmm. the idea of wholeness sameness integration all these things that now I understand so that was probably a very big like kind of pivotal moment for me to just plant the seeds of what would later become my belief system which is very deep and you know deep in my bones now Right. And your next question was, why are you levitating a foot off the ground? Is <laughs> that exactly. normal? Is that because of your crystals? Can did I have you, some of those? Did you not try to do that? when you We did that all the time. It's, did you not do that? It was Levitate? It was a sub- suburban thing. Did you? Maybe boys didn't do it. No. Oh, we used to have sleepovers all the time. And I swear, I swear once or twice, I remember it working, where somebody would be the levitatee, lay down on the floor, and then a group of people would, you know, all sit around and take your you know your two fingers on either side and just gently put them underneath the person's body oh, and then on okay. the count of whatever after all kinds of words and prayers and you know incantations right at 12 um you'd let you know levitate i say it in quotes you didn't do that that was just my house yeah i, I vaguely <laughs> remember that from camp maybe i okay. but i forget yeah. yeah anyway so um Let's introduce our guest. So um, before I introduce him, I want to tell a little story. And um, I moved to the city a couple years ago from Brooklyn, and I live right by Central Park. And so one day I walked into Central Park, and I usually go towards Strawberry Fields, where the Imagine Mosaic is, Mm -hmm. and a lot of people hang out, and there's usually a guitar player playing some Beatles tunes, and I sit down, and I sing along, and just watch people walk through and things like that. And one day I was like, you know, I'm going to make a left. (laughs) <laughs> and just veer left and go down a different path than I hadn't been before. And I start walking down this path and I come across this pond area and I see a hill and I see a guy with a guitar and I see like a bunch of people sitting on the hill. I'm like, oh, cool. There's a guitar player. And I sit down and I watch this guy and I was amazed at the fact that he had so many people singing along and people knew his songs 
And I realized that this is a guy who plays in Central Park a lot. And people on the hill were having so much fun. And people were coming and going. Some people were staying a while. And I must have stayed there a couple hours. And it was great. And um, I eventually started to talk to people about it. I'm like, yeah, I was in Central Park the other day. And I saw this guy. And he was playing his guitar by the water. And people were on the hill. And they're like, oh, yeah, the guitar guy. Yeah, I know him. And it, like a lot of people knew this guy. So... Just about, I think a month ago, I was walking around the city and I bump into the guy and I say, hey, you're the guy from Central <laughs> Park. I saw you playing. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, and we start talking and everything. And uh, and then um, we exchange numbers. I'm like, dude, we should have coffee, you know, things like that. And so we're going to make some plans. And then I'm, I'm engineering Sam's show. I think it was last week. And Sam out of nowhere, he goes, yeah. And David, uh, David Ippolito said that. And I go, wait, that's the guy I just bumped into the other day, that guitar guy, you know? So it's so funny. Talk about the universe working and different things, and maybe there are no coincidences. So here we have David Ippolito on the show, that guitar guy. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks for Good asking. Good evening. I, um, I might be the worst guest you've ever had. Well, well there's a cell. Yeah. Listen, listen, David, <laughs> David, like, you're only the second guest. Oh, so the second he, guest. Yeah, well, you don't have a lot of competition. <laughs> so, okay, we're shooting low. <laughs> Hard. No, only because... We have a very high bar around here. Because I'm listening so intently as you're both talking about spirituality and belief system. And, and I guess, well, you mentioned it, that, you know... The topic is that going to the church of I don't know. Good night. <laughs> I don't know what Maybe else. Our show. next guest Maybe next week. <laughs> no, but it's uh, it, it is great to be here. And and truthfully, as, as Callie, as you were speaking, the thing that popped into my head is that um, I'm not a snob where I get my philosophy from. You know, sometimes it'll be a, a you know a, a cotton commercial or something. You know, I, I have no idea, <laughs> but. Um, I used to tell people, and I hadn't thought of this in a long time, that um, I kind of go to the school of um, of Tevia, where there's a scene in Fiddler on the Roof mm. where he's at his milk cart, and uh, Perchik, this crazy student, comes up, right, and, uh, and says, um, you know, you can't just bury your heads in the sand. There are changes sweeping the country and the nation, and, you know, and um, Tevia looks at him and says, you are right. And then the old, you know, the elder from the village, from Anatevka, says, but Tevya, we live here in our own homes and we, we, we have no, nothing to do with the outside world and we live in peace and harmony. Says, you are right. And then another th third guy says, Tevya, you say he is right. You say he is right. They both can't be right. You are right. <laughs> and, and so I'm kind of in that place most of the time. You know, you say one thing, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You say one thing, yeah, I get it. Well, they can't both be, all right, <laughs> I'm kind of in that place. Well, we want to talk a little bit more about that for sure. We want to talk a lot more about that. Um, for, I want to back up for one second, just make sure we're getting your moniker right, because I had it in my head, that guitar guy, but it's actually that guitar man. That guitar right? man. So I just want to make sure Park, we're yeah. representing before we get too deep into <laughs> the show. Okay. Or people think they tuned into the wrong one and that we're talking about the guy and not the man, so it's the man. And not the guitar man, because I always, <laughs> right from day one, I thought that was too pretentious. So I'm that guitar man. Um, so I, when we come back from the break, we definitely want to get more into David's history and just what led you to the point of this very interesting church of I don't know because um, even the look on your face suggests that uh, there's there's a lot of story to be told there so um, we'll be right back talking alternative live please join us right after the break There's a voice that says I got to be myself And then another voice says I'm just like everybody else And then a third voice says Hey listen, who the hell knows? Keep on punching till the final bell Welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show. That is David Ippolito oh singing God. right there. <laughs> We've got Dude, music. We got a surprise for you. 1996, I think. 
<laughs> I forgot I wrote that song. Dude, it's a great tune. Oh my Surprise. God. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, yeah, welcome back to the studio. We're in the talkradio.myc studios. If you want to call in and join the conversation tonight, we're talking about a light topic, God or the universe or the spirit of the universe, whatever you want to call that energy. Do you believe in it? Do you not? Um, even atheist, agnostic, whatever you are, feel, feel free to call in. Yeah, your beliefs or your lack thereof. Yeah. Right? The number's 877-480-4120. So, David, we were talking before the break. We kind of wanted to hear more about your own history with a conception or lack of conception of some spirituality in your life. Well, you know, I, I wrote a song called The Religion Song um, that was a long time coming because I think... And this sounds like artsy fartsy bullshit, and we're on. We love that around here. <laughs> okay. We don't scare easily. But it's true. The um, I think I started writing this song when I was in second grade. Because what happened was, uh, I'm I'm a recovering um, or recovered Catholic, and um, <laughs> and uh, but when I was a kid, um, my best friend growing up was Bobby Pizer, and he was a Jewish kid that lived behind me, and but I went to um I went to Catholic school. I was an altar boy and everything, right? Um, which I'm grateful for because, you know, it's, it's, um, there, is a pr- <laughs> there is a principle that can keep a person in complete darkness, and that principle is contempt prior to investigation, right? So I'm glad that I had eight years of Catholic school, so, and I was an altar boy. So, and through Bobby, I went to temple, and I would, you know, see what Judaism was about and study different practices over the years. So at least I know what I've rejected, <laughs> you know what I mean? But when I was a kid, I was like sec- in second grade, and um, they were teaching that day, Sister Winifred Mary was my teacher in second grade. And I, you know, in my mind's eye, I look up and see this huge mountain of a woman. She was probably 5'2", you know, <laughs> but she was, and big round face. Big presence, it and sounds like. they were, and sweet, and I'm sure probably one of the sweetest women I've ever met, but she was, they were talking about, they were teaching about baptism. Mm. I'm in second grade, so how old are you in second grade? Eight, maybe? Yes, seven, seven eight. eight. And, um, and she says that if you're not baptized, that you can't get into heaven. And right away, I was always a sensitive kid. I was a crier <laughs> my whole life. But, yeah, me too. Join but, the club. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> and um, but so I, I suddenly got upset because I'm thinking about Bobby. Mm. So I I was visibly shaken, I guess. And sis, somehow Sister Winifred wound up in the, in the same aisle or before I got on the bus or whatever it was. And I said, she said, "What's wrong?" And I said, "Well, my best friend is Bobby Pizer, and he's Jewish." And I'm not even sure I knew exactly what that meant at eight years old, but. Mm. He's Jewish, and I knew he wasn't baptized. Can he get into heaven? Aww. And she smiled, and she said no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I yeah. really upset then. Yeah. yeah. So then I get home, and my mom, who was, not because she was my mom, she was an incredibly wise and sweet and kind woman. But she, um, and then, you know, one of the other two women at that age that I trusted more than anybody on mm. earth. And so I got home, and she must have noticed that I was upset. And she's, but David, what's up? And um, and I probably started crying because <laughs> Bobby can't get Aww. into heaven. And, and she said, "Oh, of course. If Bobby's a good boy, he's gonna get into heaven." Mm-hmm. And I was so relieved. But at that moment, mm. I remember, look, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby can't get into heaven. Bobby can get into heaven. These two wonderful women. And at that moment. I really, truly think I began to question everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it never stopped. Yeah. It never stopped. I, I could, um, you know, uh, I think there were times where I, well, f- decades that I didn't have my own voice. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I didn't say anything. Um, I think like a lot of people. But once I found that and I was okay enough with who I was mm-hmm. and, and, um, I began to question everything out loud. Yeah. And that's never stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's never stopped. Good, good, because that's what we do on the show. We're always questioning things. But I think you bring up a, a good point that we talk about something on the show a lot, which there's a difference between religion and spirituality. And it's Tremendous something thing. that I found, you know, growing up Jewish, I like some of the aspects of Judaism, like the positive things and and the feeling of 
spirituality or the feeling of something other than myself, you know, in the universe. But when it came to the prayers that were very guilt ridden or negative, or if you don't do this, this is going to happen. I just never resonated with that. Chosen people, expressions like that, that made you feel like there was some, some sort of separation. Yeah. It's like, you know, we're, I don't know, we're all on the same planet, you know, we're all equal. So yeah, there are things about religion that I never resonated with that I find in spirituality that I really love. Have you found that Kelly? Yeah, I, um, yeah, same thing. I was brought up in a reformed Jewish household. My dad is, um, and still continues to be the most observant of, um, of any of us in the, in the immediate family. And I love it from a culture, cultural perspective and there, um, and you know, just the history and the age of the religion. Um, so historically, and, and yet same thing in terms of a lot of the organization. And I never felt that bound, you know, or, sh- um, I don't want to say shackled. It sounds so derogatory. The way a lot of people do in certain religions when there's a big stringency or a lot of rules that are sort of imposed on you and it doesn't click with who you really are. Um, So I never felt like I had to really escape that, but I really connected more with the sky and trees and some, you know, infinite silent energy that didn't necessarily have a name or a book attached or didn't have a book that I knew of attached to it at at the time. And so that's just I kind of found my own way. And it's interesting, too, because when you find a belief system because you're born into it or your family teaches it to you or imposes it on you or exposes whatever, you know, whatever way it happened versus when you find it on your own, it's really interesting how differently that can go. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I found for me that uh, it, it just all happened very organically. But I want to go back, David, to something you just said where, first of all, to question all of that in such a palpable way when you're like seven years old is pretty cool and powerful did you have the support around you like as a little kid knowing that something wasn't jibing did you have a place to go with your questions no so no i was in, i was uh well i kept it inside and then yeah. became an alcoholic no <laughs> <laughs> that happens. actually i think i was born an alcoholic that's another story but um no i didn't i i lived up uh, you know i think at, at a very very early age and this is not related to the spirituality or religion thing i think at a very early age um i figured out right away that I was never going to be able to pull off the grown-up shit. Um, so I just kind of kept it all inside and, f- and, and faked it in a way. I shouldn't mm. say that. I think I felt like I was never going to be able to live up to what was expected of me. Mm. And I don't know what that was. Maybe nothing. But whatever it was. So that was all part of it. I just kept it all inside mm. and, um, and went through the motions. Um, but at the same time, you know... Now, as an adult, um, you know, I've explored spirituality, and and I'm at the point now where I'm pretty convinced for today <laughs> that it is exactly as we create it for ourselves. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's a completely, or it might be. I see. I'm guessing again. It might be a completely indifferent universe. Mm-hmm. Completely amoral. Mm-hmm. The lion and the lamb shall lie down together, but the lamb ain't going to get much sleep. You know, the lion and the lamb shall lie down together, but the lion's always going to eat the fucking lamb, and it's not a and it's not a bad thing. Um, we stood in the in the <laughs> we stood in the in the middle of the street in two thousand one mm. on Sixth Avenue and watched the unthinkable happen downtown. Right? We watched. In my morality that I've created for myself, an incredible act of murder, mass murder. In somebody else's reality, they watched a miracle happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's right? I can't say anymore. Mm-hmm. In my reality, mm-hmm. it's an unthinkable act of mass murder. In somebody else's, it's a miracle. And so I'm, I'm, I go to the church of I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know anymore. Um, and maybe that's, a, that's where all my work is going now. It's where the, what the new play is about. It's, I've written songs about this kind of thing and, in a fun way. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a show uh, addressing some of the insanity going on around the world. And we called it um, When the World Doesn't Make Sense. What did we call it? Something like yeah. that. It was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. So we were just trying to address it in a way that a lot of times we put our hands up in the air. And we're like, we don't know. Right. And Which o- is when belief the need for belief tends to be um, louder often when you don't have a direction or something 
difficult is happening and you really need to clutch onto something to make sense of it. Right, right. It's during those tough times when you're in the dark and you're waiting for that door to open and you're in the hallway like, I don't know what's going on. And that's when I find out what my belief system is or what my relationship is with the universe or whatever, a power I can rely on other than myself. And one of the things that we talk about on the show is the serenity prayer and controlling the things that we can and accepting the things we can't change. And the fact that it's an individual journey, like you were saying, David, and everyone has their own perspective. They have their own belief system. They they have their own experience being on earth. And the only thing that I can really control is myself, my thoughts you know, my feelings and and my actions. And when it comes to other people, whether I agree with it or not, or whether I understand it or not, and a lot of times I don't understand it and I just have to accept it or I just need to go back to focusing on myself. Yeah. I want to go back to something and we'll continue this after the break, but I'd like to hear more about um, the, the point you made about the universe being indifferent. And I think like when you say the lion and the lamb lay down, what I hear is that, Again, this is to our earthly eyes, that looks like a really disparate thing. But to maybe a more, you know, a larger universal intelligence, there is no difference between a lion and a lamb. Is that what you mean? I don't know. Um, I only have earthly eyes. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think we've evolved enough. There, it's kind of a very, you asked me this the other day. You asked, um, is it, you said uh, radical Oh, radical acceptance? Acceptance oh, or I resignation? Yeah, I want to yeah, get back and, to that um, question. And the, the answer, I think, is C, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a very comfortable place where I've, I've accepted that things are just beyond my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think as a race, as a species, as, as a conscious um, form of evolution on this little marble, I don't think we've gotten to where we can possibly Oh, understand yeah, really these things it. you know yeah. so i don't i don't know oh that's what i thought we were going to do on this show we only had oh, a half damn. an hour left i thought we were going to figure told this you, I was the worst guest. that's right you know we're going to go to break you can think about it more we'll talk more oh, about okay. this when we come back if you want to call in the numbers 877-480-4120 we'll be right back tom cruise scares me how about you he shouldn't be that scary. He's only five foot two. But ten people saw Mission Impossible 3. Cause he's always talking about Scientology. Makes an ordinary guy like me say, Tom Cruise scares me. Now Donald Trump scares me. I can't even talk over it. Although so it doesn't good. seem fair. So that is a 2009 gem original tune written by our guest tonight, That Guitar Man, otherwise known as David Ippolito. Isn't that scary? <laughs> That's from 2009. I know, right? You were a psychic and you didn't even know it. Oh. That was really, yeah, exactly. What's, what's super scary is just how, um, yes, how, how much uh, foreshadowing there was to come I from truly that. wake it. I know this is off subject, <laughs> but I truly wake up every morning and once... The cobwebs lift and the fog lifts and I'm awake again. I swear there's a moment where I go, what the, what? Every single day. Every single Wait, about, day. about him or about you writing that, uh, no, that song? No, about him. About, oh, yeah. about this situation yeah, we're in. Yes. We find ourselves in. in this. I mean, it's talk about beyond understanding. Oh, I'm at the place where... What the what? I mean, every single morning. But anyway, that's, well, he's getting, that's another Tom subject. Is getting a lot of play in your house. I could give you a few more topics. <laughs> oh, to, I, that song has had 50 machine. verses. <laughs> <laughs> there, there were two, ver- two new verses this week that I played in the park. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. there was a Ryan's previous verse and a Mike Pence verse. Callie likes to keep the show away from politics so I'm glad you're bringing it up <laughs> no, I've, been, I've been all over yeah, Millie, Millie Vanilli's been playing in my head all day I'll just leave it at that <laughs> okay. um, so getting back to so I'd like uh, for everybody for our listeners and for us here in the studio to hear you give just sort of a description of what the church of I don't know is to you and how you came to that and what, what, just what it means well, you know years ago Um, I started, well, first of all, I'd like to, I'm a writer, so words are important to me. It's a very inadequate and clumsy form of communication, but it's all we've got, you know, this language. But 
so I look at the the language of all of the major religions, even the spiritual practices, and and, and to me, once I really truly get to the the meat of it, the core of it, it makes no sense. Um, or it's just fraught with contradictions that cannot possibly be explained, so I throw my hands up in the air. I mean, like Wayne Dyer, I think was a brilliant, beautiful... Yeah, who we all love. Right? But he would talk about, very often, it would be selective, um, where I would... Gee, I would love to be in a room with him right now, because I would love to ask him. When he would talk about um, things from the Bible, which for me is the most insane tapestry of crime stories, war stories, impossibly good morality, impossibly bad morality, um, all woven <laughs> into a thing that makes no sense to me. Um, but he would talk about things from there, and he would say, like, Moses and the power of the words, I am, right? And so, and Judaism's, I am that I am. And that was Yahweh, that was God, right? And he would talk about the power of I am and, and how it performed miracles and all of these things in the Bible, but then neglecting to mention that Moses may have been one of the most brilliant generals in human history who slaughtered everyone between Egypt and the way to the promised land. So we can't be selective about these things. It's the same thing with, I grew up, well, I never grew up, but I, <laughs> we're going to get to what? the Peter Pan right. religion. You're in the right place. The second okay, cool. You're in the right place. Uh, okay. Um, I was raised in a religion that, you know, when I was a kid, we talked about pagan religions, the word pagan, right? And human sacrifice and things like that. I was raised in a religion that celebrated human sacrifice to appease a supernatural God. There's no other way around it. That's what it is. So, you know, if I used to say that if anybody can tell me what religion brings to the human race that's positive other than anything that is inherently good about human beings. In other words, anything that is just inherently good about human nature, community, kindness, charity, love, love, giving, um, music, uh, humor. If, if there's one positive thing that religion can bring to the human race, or if there's one thing it can bring other than divisiveness, tell me what it is and we'll start the conversation. But I can't come up with it because I've, I've got four sisters. Two of them are avowed atheists. Mm-hmm. And they are the kindest, most moral, giving, selfless, loving people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, just to, so can yeah, I interject okay. just yeah, to sure. sort of bring it back just to come, kind of ground? Because I'd really like for us to have a better understanding of like what you're... You know what? What got you to that? This place and this expression, this church of I don't know, which we're so in love with, is I think what I'm hearing that given all the contradictions and just exposure and knowledge and education and reading that you've experienced, that it's taken you to a place of complete surrender to the fact that there is no clear right or wrong perception. I, mean, I guess I just want to make sure probably, I'm hearing you. That's right. probably a good way of putting it. Is it is <laughs> that I'm in a very comfortable place where I can say I have no idea, uh-huh. okay. and I just don't. Um, and, and at the same time, I have to say this: there's part of me that envies people who do, and there's another <laughs> part of me that yeah. is so it. grateful that I'm not yeah. them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, where does that leave me? It leaves me as you know this. I think like no Tom, Thomas there. Thomas Jefferson said, "As far as I know, I am in a sect unto myself." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, and then, and then some other brilliant person who I, I'm not a snob where I get my philosophy from because I have no idea who said this, but said to accept someone else's idea of God <clears throat> might be the height of stupidity. These are the things we have to puzzle for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. And right. I don't know who said that. Yeah. I have to Google it, I guess. <laughs> Isn't was there it you? No. Oh, no yeah. It was me. No. Yeah, it, was yeah. it was Sam. <laughs> Isn't there an expression, though, that religion is man-made and spirituality is soul-made or something like that? You know, I've there heard... There is now. Yeah. So I've heard that before. And, and I agree with you about religion. And I think there is positive value for it. And it, it makes sense to some people and they make use of it. 
in general, you know, again, I'm more spiritually based. And I think it comes down to the word love for me. That's why when you were going through that list of positive attributes about religion, I was focused on love because sometimes for me, God is love. And so I'll think about that energy as just the spirit of love or, you know, that sort of feeling, you know, care. And that helps me understand what a higher power is to me that day or, or what some power greater than me is to for me that day. Yeah. And it still comes down to the love or fear thing, really. I think we can, if we're going to over, you know, just overly simplify everything, right? If, um, if something comes from love or something comes from fear, and you can decide which comes from which for yourself. Well, see, now That's here kind we of go. what I'm hearing you say, right? Yeah, except for here. I went through those years. Where or is I'm, that not I'm old. That's a precept no. that I, we have to get rid of? No, I, no, no. Actually, no, because I, I went through a long period of time where I broke it down and I said, for myself, again, this is all for myself because. I have well, who no else idea because I am the presider of the Church of I don't know. No, because, <laughs> um, but that everything in the universe, everything in this existence, everything in my own consciousness came down to love or fear. Mm-hmm. If it was laughter, if it was kindness, if it was music, it was an expression of love. If it was anger, if it was envy, if it w- it was an expression of fear. Right. Um, that there were only two things: it was either love or fear, and I had the choice in every moment. Now I think I was wrong. How so? I think maybe, for me, there's only one thing. There's only love. Um, In this way, I cannot find, in this room, where we're the studio where we're sitting right now, I cannot find a dark switch. There is no dark switch. I cannot turn on the dark. I can turn (laughs) off the light. There is no such thing as darkness. Well, it's just a comparison it's the abs- to light. It's, it's the, the absence, absence of light. light. So right. I think that fear is just the absence of love. Okay. And so I think that might be the whole shooting match right there. Mm-hmm. Do I understand what I just said? No. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> so, don't need to. <laughs> so what about this? Going on your theory, going on that idea, what if a lot of what's going on in the world is the world started and we were, were all just little pieces of the universe walking around Earth and the light is growing on the earth. I don't want to get too flowery. But in general, if we look at the human race, even though for thousands of years there's always been violence and murders and killings and lots of awful things, at the same time, as a human species, we keep getting more and more lighter. And there seems to be more and more positive happening on the earth. I mean, just the fact that gay people can get married now in the United States. I mean, if you said that 100 years ago, they would think you are crazy. They wouldn't even understand what you're talking about. So could it be that even though we don't understand what's happening on the earth, we don't understand the mind of God or whatever, the mind of the universe, there is a positive light that keeps growing on the earth. Well, for me, that's and that's um, part of what my purpose is. I, I think, again... I don't, well, I was talking to you, Rob, about this. Um, when my, my dad died a couple of years ago, uh, two years ago, August. And um, I went through this little period of, what for? Oh, right. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was, so I was saying, yeah, yeah right. We Callie, about, we were talking. Mm-hmm. And, and what's the point? What's mm-hmm. the point of anything? What's the point of writing another song? What's the point of showing mm-hmm. up for work? What's the point of eating, breathing? What What's the point? And the other side of that and it wasn't morose it wasn't you no, know it's just a it was just a, a, a grieving thought process. And, and all I came up with was there is no point um, the, the for me what you just said is one of the most comforting things on earth is that progress cannot be stopped and it always wins mm-hmm. um, so but so it's my choice to be part of it um, you said right Five years ago, if somebody said that gay marriage was going to be legal in New York, you would have shook your head and said, oh, I hope so, but I don't know. Yeah. And it, it happened fast. Um, when I was a kid, besides that toothpaste came in metal tubes, believe it or not, um, there, <laughs> oh, wasn't, right. there wasn't an African-American person on TV. Bill Cosby was big news because he was on I Spy with Robert Cullum, right? It was like, it was mess. The 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 Civil Rights Act wasn't passed until 1965. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, to me, it happens. What did Martin Luther King say, right? Um, Martin King Jr. He said. The moral arc of the universe is long, but it always bends towards justice. So I think that's probably, yeah, that's hope for me. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah. And actually, I watched um, on YouTube, Martin Luther King was on Merv Griffin in the 60s, and it was the first show he ever did. And I think Harry Belafonte introduced him on the show. And please, if you have not seen this clip, please go on YouTube and watch this interview. I... I think Martin Luther King was one of the most brilliant people I have ever heard talking about being a human being and and just like I can't even get the words out to articulate how great it was to see this interview. So please look it up. We're going to head to break. And when we come back, we want to talk about kind of the history of you being that that guitar man in Central Park and the play that you're doing and other things like that. Um, we're going to be going to break. If you want to call in, the number is 877-480-4120. We are coming to you live from the talkradio.myc studios. Keep listening. You're feeling so misunderstood And nothing in your world is going real good Baby, kick Relax, it's only life. You're in the weeds. You're deep in It's only life, David Ippolito. Is that the name of the song? I'm sorry, I don't know. Relax, the title it's only song. life. Yeah. So that, um, well, first of all, we're um, welcome back to the last quarter of the Robin Callie show. If you'd like to join us, the number is 877-480-4120. And we are talking about life and our beliefs and how to get through it. Right. And so, well, that's a perfect sort of segue right there. It's is it is it just that it's only life that maybe we're overthinking this whole life thing too much and that that sort of circles back to your beliefs that we just don't know. And that's OK. I maybe that's it in a nutshell. Is it for me? That's for me. Is it um, maybe maybe I think too much. Um, no, actually, that's not true. All right, so I know I do, so I relate to. Yeah, this. I was going to say, there's no this one else in the you. room who yeah. can even understand that, David. Yeah, yeah. I'm a recovering, I'm a recovering <laughs> figure outer. Right. I'll have okay. you know. No, but actually, because you had asked about this new play that I've written. Okay, mm-hmm. now it actually um, there's a character, and I mentioned this to Callie when we were talking about doing yeah. this show. There's a character in it that says, um, and as I was writing it, it surprised me when he said this. Um, he said, I've come to a place in my life where I can no longer deny the arrogance of certainty. Mm. Instead, I've chosen now to embrace wonder and curiosity. And to me, that's kind of it in a nutshell, is that I embrace curiosity. I embrace guessing about <laughs> this stuff. I, I, uh, that, Such a nice line. I love that line. And, and, that's, and actually, the... the, the all right, I'm going to give you guys an, an exclusive. <laughs> the way this play was born was that I had a concept for a long time about there was this prop, there probably was historically uh, a Jewish Hebrew rabbi, uh, homeless, probably itinerant traveler, uh, about 2,000 years ago, named Yeshu Ben Yosef, and he started bucking the system and had an Eastern philosophy that he was bringing to Judaism and they took him out for it, right? Well, if this man truly existed, this human being truly existed, what would he say if he was on Oprah mm. today? <laughs> and, what ha- and I had this thought going for the longest time, but I could not figure out as a playwright how to get that human being in Oprah's studio without making him supernatural. Mm. <laughs> So it sat for a long, long time, and then one day I just kind of woke up with this. Oh! And um, so, what would he say? Did you figure that out? No, oh no, no, no. But no. So what happened was um, now this is you can't tell anybody. We won't tell. And you guys listening, you can't tell anybody, okay? Because it will ruin the surprise. But what happened was (laughs) um, the the show that the play got set in the green room of the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and the guest that night was. Not this one, but a fic- fictional pope. Mm. And he gets trapped in this room with a comedy writer and a, a, a Jewish comedy writer. I know, I'm sorry, a Jewish associate producer and a gay comedy writer. And they wind up getting trapped in the green room. And it's... Um, it's <laughs> Sounds like a, the beginning of it's a joke. A, right, it's right. a really funny play until it isn't. Mm. And so the character that I'm... T- and the reason that I hope that this, this play, when it gets done, 
becomes hopefully controversial um, is that the character is the pontiff who says, I've come to a place where I can no longer deny the arrogance of certainty. Oh, wow. And, it's that, and so it's a big it's, revelation um, for it's, the It's hope. huge. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not going to tell you anything more about the play except for, God, I hope it gets done. Did I just say God? <laughs> ah! Uh, the truth's <laughs> out. I hope it gets done. <laughs> Sam, I hope it gets done. <laughs> it's already getting done. Whoever's at the controls. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's already getting done. No, I mean, I think when also the, the kind of, I think you said something earlier in the show um, when we first started about the fact that you that our your belief is just that um, you're writing your own script, your life. Did you say something to that effect? Uh, well, um, that it, that it is as you believe it is. Like if yeah. um, if um, if you believe that your play is going to get made, <laughs> it's going to get made. Well, I don't know. See, I don't know that either. Because <laughs> uh, again, that's you know the power of positive thinking and the law of attraction and stuff like that. Well, it doesn't work all the time. Because, you know, you read people that have, have lived that way and that philosophy and or just, you know, Wayne Dyer. I am well. And the mm-hmm. power of that. And I don't look at the charts and I don't listen to the doctor. Well, he died. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, well, he was but he was leukemia free. Yeah, but he had a heart attack. So I don't know. <laughs> you know, what's the answer? I don't right. know. Right. So these are the conversations you have in your head. This, this is what goes on. And this is the foundation of the church of I don't know. Yeah. I know that I feel better, though, when I get to a place of I don't know my life, whatever it is. Whenever I'm like, I don't know, I just feel relief. I feel so much better, whatever's going on, because I don't have to figure it out. That's why I call myself a a recovering figure-outer. And I remember, I've talked about this on the show, when I realized that I could sort of just turn things over to the universe. And what a relief that was, that I didn't feel like I had to fix whatever it was or take care of it. It's like there was some power that was going to handle it yeah i was just talking to a friend of mine earlier today and she had a um a psychic reading and she's not somebody who tends to gravitate toward them it's maybe her second one ever she's a natural born skeptic when it comes to such things and the reading um really touched upon a lot of um this person did a great job and was very insightful with her and gave her a lot of great um sort of feedback on things and afterwards, I said to her, so did you feel, and, and basically the, the lesson was, and I've experienced this a lot myself in readings and just in different ways where you get messages um, from the outside world, where it really all had to do with you're exactly where you want to be, even if it feels really shitty right now, like you're exactly where you're supposed to be and the flow's happening and your life is, is you know, progressing and just keep doing what you're doing. And I said to her, that must have felt like the greatest exhale for you. And she said it did, because like you said, when you kind of surrender, it gives you permission to relax a little bit. Now, whether you look at that, like I asked you that question, whether you look at that as resignation or full on surrender, only each person can determine for themselves, right? Because sometimes, I know for me, sometimes I'm trying to surrender, but I'm really kind of phoning it in and faking it a little bit. Mm. The goal is always really to accept and surrender. And um, that is my current belief system for a lot of similar reasons to what you've described tonight, which is that I haven't figured out one particular modality or thing or way or precept to make things work. And I think my wisdom has taken me to a place where the less thinking I do, the better, and the less figuring out I do, the better. And so Mm -hmm. I'm always catching myself in the course of my days when I start getting a little diverted into something, um, you know, with my thoughts, just get into that quiet, like black space that has no clue. Because it's really, it feels good. Yeah. But doesn't it make relaxing. it fun, though? Like, you know, it's, um, I was saying, you know, if, if I understand, I think that things, and this is the paradox of life, this is, the, right, the mystery, um, or what I call now the beautiful ache of being alive. Um, it's just an ache. It's beautiful, and it's an ache, and it's just because we have a pulse. It's because we're here. <laughs> um, but that, that two things maybe a million things all exist at exactly the same time like you can live I I can live in a place of incredible contentment and complete gratitude for where I'm sitting right now and at the same time I can have an unquenchable desire for more at exactly the same moment you are saying it my friend and I have to tell you something that that was one of the most brilliant epiphanies that I ever realized in my life is that I can have 
lots of different feelings or thoughts about the same thing. I had a black and white sort of mentality before that point in my life when I realized, oh, I can be angry and grateful at the same time. Mm. Or, you know, I can feel the positive and the negative at the same time <laughs> because <laughs> life is full of colors. I always you know? feel like it, like the Tin Man in The Wizard of Oz when he says that uh, the <laughs> wizard says but that a heart will never be practical until it could be made unbreakable. And the Tin Man looks at me and goes, <laughs> But I still want one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was yeah. like, okay, well, if we were all sitting, we want peace and serenity. But if we're all sitting in a loincloth on a mountain going, oh, I'm in perfect peace, yeah. there is no West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it doesn't true. exist. Yeah. You know? right. well, yeah, there's there's, 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 there's no rock and roll. Right. So, you know, it's like, I think it makes it fun. No it's literature. I can really, really dig, you know, where I am. And I can still want so much more. And then when I get there, now what? Mm. You know, I and maybe that's just the answer is that it, that the old I sound like the inside of a Snapple cap, but it's like <laughs> 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 you know, once you get there, there it disappears. It just yeah, does. it just keeps the end, that's keep the funny. finish line keeps moving forward away from you, right? And it kind of keeps eluding you. I think that may be one of the most significant things I've heard in a long time, and it's such a great reminder for me. Thank you, and for our listeners too, which is just the idea of. Um, of, of accepting yourself and your situation in a really holistic 360 point of view so that you can have all these different mixed feelings and paradoxes and you don't have to pick one or judge one as being better than the other and just be with all of them at the same time. I mean, that's I'm going to try to practice that a little bit more. Yeah, it's like, you know, we talk about law of attraction, but law of allowance is such a powerful thing as well. Just, you know, the pain is in the resistance. So instead, I can't fight a wave. I always say that. I can't fight a wave. I can't hold back a wave in the ocean. So I'll just let the wave overtake me and or see Or you can happens. ride it. I, or ride <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. And I, I like body surfing, so I think I'll do that a lot more. That's a good idea, Are you David. a surf dude? Actually, yeah. You know, like sometimes <laughs> I like to go Long Beach and you get my board and it's so cool. It's like rad, you know? No, I actually do love body surfing, so it's a good reminder. I need to get to the beach. But anyway, so we're getting to the end of our show. What kind of takeaways, guys, do we have for people? What can we suggest? Maybe suggest keep it simple and the fact that you don't have to know. Is that something that you'd su- suggest? I, I, you know what? Truthfully, I, I said this is my takeaway. I, I said this to Callie the other day when we were talking about doing the show. And just to let people know they're not alone, if they're, they, it's okay to embrace wonder, it's okay not to know. If you don't know, you're not alone, because I don't either. But the main thing is, is that at the end of my life, if I'm 94 years old and I'm laying in bed and I'm breathing my last breaths, and I know it, and I'm cool because I'm done, you know, and some enlightened person comes up to my bed and says, David, everything you ever felt about life was wrong. I can promise you, with my whole heart that my last two words will be oh well <laughs> <laughs> and scene <laughs> yeah really that was the beautiful end of whatever play I don't know what else yet. to say after that I think that's the end of our show do we need to I think we need to let, um, we want to plug you where do people find you oh, in Central okay. Park yeah. first of all well just if they want to the go to thatguitarman.com thatguitarman all one word dot com and it always says where I'm going to be and when but nowadays it's um, every Saturday afternoon and it's a little sick I start at like 1230 in the afternoon and I don't stop until I fall over or about <laughs> 530 or 6 o'clock yeah. um, but it's pretty much every Saturday and it's if you walk in the park at 77th Street by the museum you pretty much run right into me it's so great. If you haven't checked it out, please go check David out. He's fantastic. And again, it's in Central Park there in the city. It's so great. So this is the end of another episode. I just want to do some some plugs for us. We're, we're now on Snapchat, Rob and Callie Show, Twitter. You can follow us there. Instagram, it's all Rob and Callie Show. And we have a new email. It's info at the Rob and Callie Show dot com. Anything else you want to say? If you'd like to be a guest, if you want to recommend somebody to us who's another real interesting people person, we'd love to uh, welcome your suggestions. Guys, thank you so much for this. It was cool. Thanks, Thanks for, for being, being here. in the studio. Yeah. So this is another episode of Real Interesting People. Thanks for listening, everybody. Go to talkradio.myc. Listen to more shows. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.